few weeks ago in church, back in the days when we used to come to church, a young man came to me at the end of the message and he just wanted to share with me about changes in his life, about his journey, about the things he'd been experiencing. He'd become a Christian. And over months that quickly became years, he had experienced change in his character, change in his marriage, change in his employment situation, change in his relationships. And he simply wanted to tell his story, to thank God and to spend time praying together. I have seen what the grace of God has done. And I encourage you to remain true to the Lord with all your heart. Can we listen to this passage of scripture from Acts chapter 11 as it is read to us today? Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived, he saw what the grace of God had done, and he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. In that scripture reading, you will have heard echoes of the words that I just spoke, but those words are in the mouth of Barnabas. He arrived in Antioch and he saw what the grace of God had done and it made him glad. And he encouraged the people to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. I want to reflect with you this morning on the power, the significance of the grace of God. What an incredible gift. What a, what a source of power and beauty. What a, what a wonderful thing to reflect on, to come to, and to give ourselves to at, at this season, at this time of, of need and of concern in our wider society. Barnabas came to Antioch and he saw what the grace of God had done and it made him glad. So what did he see? What do you see when you witness God's grace at work. Well, Barnabas would have seen a small community of people meeting together, and that community was becoming larger and larger and was influencing his city. He saw a group of people whose lives were being changed by an experience of the story of Jesus, of the love of God, of the grace of God touching their lives. In fact, the changes were significant enough that it was affecting the city of Antioch itself. People were gossiping about these folks meeting together in church. They called them little Christs. And that's where followers of Jesus were first described as Christians, was in Antioch. And it was because they saw difference in their behavior. They saw unique things. 
The group of people who met together in Antioch as the followers of Jesus were multicultural. We can see from the lists of names that occur there in the book of Acts that they were uh, from different parts of the world, from North Africa, from uh, Jerusalem, from the region of Syria where Antioch itself was positioned. They were Greeks and uh, there were uh, Romans, there were Gentiles, there were Jews in, in this mix of people all associating together in a city that was used to having its pockets of difference, not associating the way these followers of Jesus, these little Christs were associating. The impact of the gospel of God was significant and it was impacting this little group of believers and rolling out and touching the city because their individual lives were being changed in the way that they did, the way that they did life together was being changed. And it made Barnabas glad. What he saw was the beginnings of something that would continue to roll forward through history. The grace of God made this little community very generous. When a prophet came from Jerusalem and said that, the, that the, there was great need and, and, and they, they needed to band together and give to the poor, this church was extremely generous. They were so generous that they became an example of generosity. In later months, they would have a prayer meeting and they would find a, a passion to share this grace of God with others in the region. And they sent Paul and Barnabas out as missionaries to serve and to tell people about the grace of God. And in fact, this, this uh, movement in the city of Antioch would continue for several hundred years. Antioch is one of the key churches in early church, uh, key cities in early church history. It was the home of Ignatius. It was the home of uh, John Chrysostom, who was a preacher and a writer who is still read and studied to this very day. He declared in his writings that there were some 100,000 Christians living in Antioch in the fourth century. Such was the impact of the grace of God on individual lives, on a community that was touching its neighborhood and drawing attention and making an incredible impact. And when Barnabas saw this in its infancy, it made him glad. I have seen the grace of God. I have seen what the grace of God can do. And it has made me glad. Have you seen it? Have you seen it in your experience? Uh, because when you, when you see it, something moves. There's encouragement. There is hope. There is the possibility of peace. There's new pathways that emerge from this, this reality of God's grace. I've seen it in the lives of people that I have pastored, of groups and communities that I have served, and I've seen it in my own life. I've seen what the grace of God can do, not simply as a a statement of belief, but as a, a, a reality of the power of God touching individual life. What Barnabas saw was profound change and, and something that, that is just enviable. It made him glad. So what is this grace of God of which he speaks? And, and, and how do we access it and experience it today? What, what do we mean by the grace of God? He was describing an experience of the love of God, uh, an experience of the, the committed love of God that had gone deep into their lives. It had gone deep into Barnabas's life. It had gone deep into Paul's life and marked out these people as people living with a difference. It, it, it's, it's described as, as unmerited or undeserved favor. 
I looked the word grace up in my theological dictionary and discovered that it is an objective relation of undeserved favor from a superior expressed to an inferior. Grace is this incredible gift of favor, of privilege, of love from someone who has position to someone who has no call on that love, no call on that favor. And when you, when you experience that, it is transformative. When, when you experience it in your soul, it is transforming. This was the case for Paul the Apostle, whom Barnabas found and brought to Antioch to help him lead this fledgling church. Paul had been a very devoted religious person. He was keen to obey God as he understood it. But he didn't have much heart in his journey. He had a deep sense of rule and a deep sense of, of how you need to behave, and he called others to it. But there was not much joy and not much peace and not much, not much what he would later describe as fruit of the Spirit of God in his life until, until Paul encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus and, and met not, not just a corrective challenge, not just a, a, you know, a kind of a you're doing this wrong, Paul. What he met was the light and illumination and love and presence of Jesus that so settled in his heart that as he thought about it, went away and meditated on it, sat for a few years in Arabia studying and, and, and learning to live in the presence of Jesus, it transformed him completely. From day one, he started to think differently. And over a season, he started to act differently. And soon, he was a person marked out by this grace of God, this loving kindness, as the Old Testament synonyms are sometimes described, of God. A love that is committed and devoted. In the Old Testament, this concept is often tied to covenant. And it's God's incredible love for us that is manifest in a commitment that God makes to us, saying, I, I, not only, I not only want you to see my favor and my love for you, but I want to tie that up. I want to bind myself to you. I want, I want you to understand uh, how, how deep this goes for me. And so we'll have covenant together. Barnabas experienced this. Paul experienced this. And they wanted to teach the church in Antioch to go deeper into these things and to stay in this space and to learn. And that's why he said, I encourage you. I, I've seen what the grace of God has done. I, I, I'm so glad. I encourage you to remain true to the Lord with all your heart, which is to say, to keep coming back to this grace, to keep looking at this grace, to keep receiving this encouragement from God, this faithfulness, this, this love, this, this loving kindness that changes the way you see yourself, the way you see others, the way you live in the world. If you were to go to uh, Witt, uh, uh, Wittenberg in the 1500s, and if you were to turn up in that little Jewish, uh, that, sorry, that little German town, and if you were to uh, experience what was going on there in the, in the years of the Reformation, you would no doubt say, I arrived in Wittenberg, and I saw what the grace of God was doing, and I was glad. And you would no doubt encourage people to be true to the Lord with all their heart. What you would see is a, a rediscovery of the grace of God. This was at the heart of the Reformation. What you would see is people who had been wrestling with an understanding of faith coming to experience anew the loving kindness of God, which changes all the 
all, all the issues of, of, of the way we think about faith, what we experience about faith, what we feel about God, and how we, how we experience his life and his power in us. You'd see all this exemplified in Martin Luther and a bunch of other people close to him. And if you were there in the year 1527, you would possibly experience, if you stayed all the way till uh, August of that year, a pandemic. Because in, in Wittenberg, the, the Black Death, the bubonic plague, rolled into that city where Luther was in August of that year and affected the city profoundly, much like what we're living through right now with COVID-19. That pandemic took the lives of about a quarter of the European population, and it is indelibly etched on the history. But if you'd come to Wittenberg, what you would have experienced, what you would have seen is Christians responding to this pandemic. You would have seen Luther, and he actually wrote a 14-page treatise, a pamphlet that has been published and published again in his day and, and has suddenly come to the attention of many people now as we're in a similar era. Some of his advice is locked in that moment in history, but so much of it is wise as he encourages himself, Christians around him, other church leaders to live out of grace. You would have seen, if you'd come to Wittenberg in the 1500s in the midst of the Black Death, Luther uh, caring for those who were sick, reaching out to those in need, and praying fervently to God to guide him, to help him, and if he were to die in the midst of this, to, uh, to take him to be with himself. There's some lovely passages in the little pamphlet that Luther writes where he speaks directly to the devil. And he says to the devil, I'm going to do this work of caring for the sick because you hate it. And that's why I'm doing it, because God loves it. And because this God of love who lives in us and motivates us to live so differently, he, he's the one that we're taking direction from. If you'd been in Wittenberg in the 1500s in the midst of the Black Death, you would no doubt have said, I have seen what the grace of God can do. It can push fear back. It can stir up wise action. It can help us to figure out you know, how to, 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 be, to be sensitive and sensible. Luther made some very wise comments. He said, we should always lean in and help those who are most in need and trust God to care for us and trust God to take us home if it's our time. But we shouldn't put our nose in where it's not needed. We shouldn't be mixing it up in places where we could just as easily stay away and not catch the disease and pass it on to others and be responsible for the dynamics of contagion. In the 1500s, Luther spoke some wise words. And he spoke out of this compassion. And he was strong in his journey because he had understood the grace of God. It, there's something powerful about being able to turn toward God, to turn toward Jesus, and to see and experience and to know the loving kindness of God. When Barnabas went to, went to Antioch, he saw the, the, that, that they had been touched by the grace of God. It wasn't that they believed the same thing that he believed, and that's what made him happy. It was that they were touched by the same power of God. They were moved by the same mysterious, wonderful truth 
and it delighted his heart. It is the very thing that we need in our lives, in our families, in all of our online interactions and all of our wrestlings of how best to go forward. It's what we need right now, today, is to experience this grace of God, which is not just an idea or a conviction. It is a power. It is a presence. It is a reality. It is a truth that the loving kindness of God is turned toward you. And when you see that and lean into that and receive that, it changes the way you behave. There's a question that's on the lips of people presently, and it's a very good question, a challenging question, and a hard question. But why would God allow this pandemic? Why would God, why would God allow this to happen and, and trouble so many people? And that question asked as a philosophic question, as a research question, is a very important question. And there are volumes written and there's much to be said and much to be explored. But many people are asking that question today, not as a research question. It's a lover's question. People are asking it out of their pain. They're asking it out of the context of this moment and, and, and saying, I want to trust God. I want to, I want to know God, but why would he allow this? If you'd allow the comparison, it's a bit like the question, why does my partner not remember my anniversary? That's a lover's question. And if you respond to it as a research question and say to your partner, well, let me spend a day thinking about that and I'll get back to you, you haven't understood the question. When, when a lover asks their partner, why did, you, why did you forget our anniversary? They are speaking out of hurt, and as soon as the question is spoken, the ground has shifted. And you could pose a research question. You could say, let's work with a bunch of men who are otherwise kind and, and attentive, but they keep forgetting their anniversaries, and let's do some research on that and figure out the answers. But that's not what's being asked. That's not what's being explored in this question. What's being asked is, do you love me? Can I trust you? Where is our relationship? And right now at this moment, many people are asking, well, where is God? Can, can he be trusted? It, it, why would he allow this to happen? It's a lover's question. And the best thing you can do in the face of that lover's question, the best thing any lover can do in, in the context of, of questioning and doubting and wondering is to, to look squarely into the lover's face and to search for the loving kindness to search for the truth of that love. That's what's required in this moment. Look straight into the eyes of Jesus. Look straight into the heart of God. And what you will see is a loving kindness, a mercy and a welcome, a, a, a grace, a favor, privilege, unmerited love from a superior to an inferior that, that, that will not let us go. And when that when that unmerited favor, when that incredible loving kindness has actually gripped you, it changes everything. It changes everything. It's like the partner who says he never remembers. He never remembers my anniversary. She never remembers our, our, our anniversary. But I know I'm loved and it's okay. There are many, many people who aren't asking the question, why? They're leaning hard into God's favor and it's affecting their behavior and affecting their life. And the followers of Jesus are called to be such people. We're called to be people who, who in this moment of crisis and in this moment of many questions and in this moment of deep concern, 
we push back hard into the love of God. And this is what, this is what Barnabas says to the people in Antioch. I encourage you to remain true to the Lord with all your heart. Lean in and have a disciplined walk with Jesus. This is the time to read the Bible a bit more. This is the time to come to God and pray with greater fervency. This is the time to ramp up our generosity. This is the time to take hold of everything that is true about our faith and live it out with greater vigor and greater enthusiasm and greater hope. Not because we're going to kind of try to make ourselves do it, but because we are given the privilege of seeing afresh the tender loving kindness of the God who has reached to us in Jesus Christ who has given us the gift of his son, who has shown us the lengths of his love, who forgives our sins, sets a new path in front of us, and leads us in victory. I have seen the grace of God and what it has done, and it has made me glad. Have you seen this grace? Have you witnessed it and experienced it? Look again, see it again, and let it change your heart. I encourage you to be true to the Lord with all your heart. Let this grace grip you inwardly. Let it take hold of your will, of your spirit. Let it touch your intellect and your emotion. Let it call you to a new way of living. Be true to the Lord with all your heart. Amen.